You're listening to the Topco Business Unusual Podcast. Now, the Business Unusual Podcast. Learn from the greatest minds in business today. Interviews hosted by Ralph Fletcher. Learn how to improve business, get tips from industry leaders, and be motivated by real-life experience. Topco. Business Unusual. You know, welcome to this edition of Business Unusual Podcast with Topco. Um, today, I'm joined by Arnie Malham. Um, he's a f- award-winning CEO and founder, author of, you know, um, award-winning book, um, and also, eight, here we go, worth doing wrong, worth reading, I would say. It's worth reading, right? So we're going to get into that, though, right, Arnie? And, right. and obviously, eight-figure entrepreneur, but, you know, we're talking dollars, and in South Africa, we're thinking rands, and so it's like 17 to 1. So you're like a nine-figure, almost going 10-figure entrepreneur, baby. Oh, yeah. I mean, y- y- you've made it. Let the ego ride. I love it. It's, it's, yeah, all, so, it's all great. So I think you, your turnover the last time I saw in the book was like $60 million for, for um, CJ Advertising. So that's... I think that's close to a billion rand. I mean, that's you're you're a billion rand man. Hey, I, I appreciate that. CJ advertising was all about uh, aver- keep focusing all of our energy in one niche here in the United States, getting our entire team uh, thinking about how to make our clients better every day, uh, so that they trusted us and appreciated us. And so it was just one of the one of the many things we did to to keep our culture strong, keep our people moving forward, focus. Focus, yeah, and and it's so funny um, because there's there's so many pearls of wisdom that are almost overlooked in your book, and so many times it's like you want to dial in and talk around it, and and so I'm going to try and create a little a little bit of insight because I think that that's really what we can do. I mean, people got to read the book. That's all I can say. I've recommended it to my brother, my my wife, and the guys at work here, and I've joined the Better Book Club. So that's what we've done in terms of actions because I think it's great to talk and it's great to read, but you want to create action. And the book is also available on audio. If you just want to hear my beautiful voice, you can run me at about one two five. It's perfect. It'll get you through the book in just a few hours uh, and hopefully give you lots of things to think about. Like I, as I say, I, I ripped off or indeed ripped off and duplicated almost everything I did to make my business successful. And, and I lay it out in the book so that you can you can do the same. So folks can take ideas, come improve upon those ideas and just roll their business forward. I think that's like the underlying concept, though, with Better Book Club, right? Is yes. that there's no real new ideas, right? We can we can steal ideas from other books and other people, and and that's just cool. And, and especially in the advertising world, that's what we do. We look at what everybody else does, and we and we look to put a spin on it to make it unique and and whatever. That's so, right. So I mean, I mean, I just want to talk about you, Arnie, at the moment because I'm always intrigued by people who are successful creating eight figure nine figure ten figure businesses you know i think it's there's there's always a scale to success but there's a mindset i feel that comes with success and and i'm always intrigued what was that trigger what what do you think that thing was that that drove that mindset for you of of this growth and success right well every entrepreneur has to discover who they want to be how they they hold every entrepreneur puts their own limits on themselves. I, for 10 years, I ran my company with me at the center of the company. I tried to hire people around me to make help me do more work, help me get more done. It wasn't until through, through the books I read, the people I met, the organizations I belonged to that allowed me to grow beyond that, allowed me to create a business where rather than me get better it, or find the ability to do more, is I finally started putting a team together that could do more than me, right? That's the, if, as an entrepreneur, we're really a solopreneur when we surround ourselves with people that make us better. We're an entrepreneur when we surround ourselves with people who do it better than we do, right? That's the, that was the leap we made from, from category one, small agency to category two, big agency doing it, doing things on a national scale. So that was the difference for us is getting, it took, by the way, it only took me 10 years of doing it wrong 
to figure out how to how to cross over that that sort of that 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 valley and get to the other side. And and the truth is, you're, we're always practicing as entrepreneurs. We're never we're never perfect. We're barely even good. You know, my wife we, told me that. Yeah, but we find a way, <laughs> right? We find a way. And so I I would it. By the way, there's nothing wrong with being a solopreneur. That that's like you can make a great living. You can you can live a good life. You can do a lot of things. You can be a master at your craft. There's so many great people. I don't mean to disparage that opportunity that you and I count on every day as solopreneurs, and we don't want them to change, and they shouldn't. But yeah. but to take a business from uh, a small to to large to grow that business, at some point, the solopreneur has to give way to the entrepreneur. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, there's a lot you're saying there again. It's like really, we're going to dive into. But I thought I wanted to create a little bit of context because it always helps to create yep. context. And so, you know, who, who's Arnie? Um, what have you done? And what, what's this um, this focus that you're talking around? And why is it yep. important? And and sort of how did you get to where you're at? Um, I think it, it does help because I think it is a very interesting sort of story, right? Yeah. It's about how you take disadvantages um and you turn it to a strength and because we all we're not all perfect like you said well the 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 let's there's a lot wrapped up in that question but let's go with what was our focus our focus uh here, here in the states was was creating brands and creating business for personal injury lawyers barristers folks that help us in legal situations right across the u.s and that here it's it's this is not a um a glamour glamorous thing that we were doing like it's a you know i don't i'm, I'm not as familiar with your culture as i am ours obviously but it's slightly controversial but we had to be great at it right we had to have the right people in the right seats doing the right things and they had to know more about growing our brands than our clients did that that was we got so good we woke up every day and thought how, how can we help these brands these businesses get better and so it was it was finding people willing to work in a culture that helped them grow so that they could help others grow. And so that's a, that's a little vague, but just know that the, everything around the company that we built was about helping our individuals be the best possible people they could be so that their teams could be great so that their, so that our the agency could, could be great. And it sort of just rolled up, yeah. if you will. So we were I, an agency think... focused on personal injury brands. We had a call center uh, that took calls for 300 law firms across the, our continent. And they, that's all they did. They, all they did was take thousands and millions of calls, literally for personal injury lawyers across the continent. So that focus for us was personal injury lawyers. The focus for you, anyone listening, anyone, anyone dreaming down their own dreams is find your focus and be the best of the world at it. That's, that was our strategy. Uh, it wasn't really complicated. We just every day woke up and knew, we're after the same thing. Yeah, I heard it saying it's not rocket science. Um, the, a lot of these things are simple, but to get to the simple is a hard part. But I, I think you're right. The context is a bit different because in South Africa, we don't have that same um, impact from personal um, attorneys here. So there's not a lot of lawsuits and whatever around that. It is starting a little bit in terms of healthcare and those sorts of things. So you, you, you describe, it, but yeah, you describe it quite thing. well in the book, though, about... The, the, the real challenge you had, which was when people came for interviews, when you had candidates that wanted to join the company based on the role, based on their, uh, you know, what they're going to earn, they suddenly, there was a hard moment for them where they found out what industry you're in and they were like, nah. Not, not for me. I don't want you on my resume. <laughs> I I, literally, people, I do not want you on my resume. And, and my response was this. I'm going to create a culture and a business so good that having me on your resume gets you any job you want, right? It's, it's the, I want to be the equivalent of working for Ritz Carlton. If you work for Ritz Carlton and you apply at Hilton, you're probably getting the job. I wanted to be that for, for media companies in my town, in my region, that if you worked at CJ, if you worked at legal intake, then you could work anywhere because we built a culture that, that whose reputation for excellence, for doing things right, for knowing our business was extraordinary. And so I would tell folks from day one, I want to look, help me look good on your resume. And, and so the, you know, the downside is, well, people come, come, come grab your people. That's a, that's a, you know, treat them so well, uh, uh, train them so well, they can leave, treat them so well, they never do. And that was our philosophy. 
Yeah, and that takes some, you know, like a lot of, um, I don't know, uh, bravery, uh, I would say, balls to to do confidence. that, right? Because, That's yeah, right. Uh, uh, confidence, uh, I got that, right? And so bravado, because you, it's the unknown, right? We're all, you know, it's it's business unusual. Yeah. It's doing things that no one else is doing, right? And that we're fearful of. Everybody's telling us that little thing in the back of our head saying that one time someone did it. Look, we at the at the bottom line, we have to believe in ourselves and our people, and we have to believe in them so much that we cheer for their growth no matter what it looks like. Right? Their growth in our company is great. Growth in another company, we're going to cheer for that as well. Every time I cheer for someone, it comes back to me in spades, right? It just it tends to work out. So I believe in I believe in the theory of abundance. I believe in 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 and uh, being as uh, open with and transparent as possible with our team so that we can all grow together. For sure. So okay, so we, we've 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 got this organization. You're taking on personal injury lawyers. You're sort of doing quite well. Yeah. In fact, you've done so well that you've got the right people. You've grown the organization, and you recently sold it for a lot of money. Um, you've won awards, right? So you've yeah. won awards. You've been a finest at uh, the Ernst and Young Entrepreneur of the Year. You won the best CEO to work for. Um, you know, your company is one of the greatest places to work in, um, you know, your Nashville, area yeah. in Nashville. And so it's not like the things you've done hasn't shown an impact. It's definitely shown an impact. What are the other impacts that you saw that driving this culture created? Well, the, I'll tell you that the, from a um, standpoint of every, we worked with, um, in our agency, we worked with 60 different companies across our continent. And in the, and in the call center, we worked with 300. I had, we had 225 people that worked under, under our umbrella, just in our company. And while the impact is everything you just, the awards, the profitability, the ability to exit, the, the, the financial freedom that that gave me, those are all tremendous. What I've enjoyed as much as anything is watching the success of our people that, that were with me for a portion of that time, that were with me for, a, for through the entire time period, those that have, even, even those that have come since I've sold the company, that have read the book and that have enjoyed the culture that those companies still represent, the, the impact on those people still continues to be a win for them, the company, and truthfully, and maybe from an egotistical standpoint myself, as we continue to watch people grow. As, as you and every listener on this podcast wrote, probably remembers the first two or three books they read by choice and the impact that those books made on them or the first two or three mentors that really cared about them and helped them see, see the world a little differently, right? That, that's the kind of growth that gives me the most happiness when I see it in other people. I want someone to be there for, for my kids as they experience life. I want to be there for folks as they uh, uh, develop their skills and find their life path. And so the biggest impact is the impact we have on others. And this sort of this sort of mindset that we that we work to lay out and worth doing wrong and the mindset of abundance and the mindset of building your team so that the business can grow all play to to the impact we have on people. Yeah. I think that, you know, in many ways, um, you know, the opening of the book, I, I, I forgot who did your your opening. Um, Joe, Joe but, Calloway. Joe Calloway, yeah. But yeah. but I think it really said like, you know, if if you, you know, there's millions, like 1.3 million books, they're like, you know, Audible's got tens of thousands of books on there. But if you're going to read a book, read this book. And um, it was, it was a, you know, a great opening. So I don't know, you know, how much you paid him, but well, it was. Let me tell you, the, the Joe Calloway's uh, 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 forward is better than the book. Like not only <laughs> not only is his, like the the pages in the book better, but when he came and we did the audio version, it, it, like I was struggling to read the, my portion. He came in in one take. The audio portion is the best part. The forward's best part of the book. So it, even if you just hear Joe or read Joe's words, it's worth it's worth your investment. Yeah, I think he framed it well though, right? And I think that the introduction to the book sort of um is really good so you know it, it it talks around this 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 journey um around what we think a ceo's job is what we think a team leader's job is and we've all been there 
right? And so we've all read lots of books about what to do in terms of marketing yeah. and you're in digital marketing. And so, or it's maybe, you know, in um, structure. So putting in processes and, and all these things or getting a good PA or getting a good team lead, but actually there's a, a paradigm shift and it's not necessarily getting the best people as in like getting people better than you. It's about releasing the potential of the people as a unit and how do you change your way, your thinking and let go actually? So it's almost like a let go book. Like you've yeah. got to let go of your old thoughts, your old ways and worried about how you're performing. And your job is about one thing. And that is celebrating what your team are doing and really trying to focus and put that magnifying glass of success on them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, if you if you can't grow your people, you can't grow your business, and that stands for you, and it stands for everybody that's in the position of authority over a team. But the the what happens what happens with all of us is that we read a book, or we see a speaker, or we're inspired by something, and there's a period of time in our lives when we become the boss we want to be. Like like it's a period like we something affects us, and we become we become that person until stress goes up, a client fires us. Someone quits, uh, the, 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 the toilet overflows, something bad happens. And then we go right back. COVID to, comes. Yeah. COVID comes. <laughs> stress, stress levels go up and our personality reverts to, I'll give you something to cry about. That, that's yeah. the, right. That's the mentality as opposed to, I'm going to cheer for you, uh, all day long. And the, and the reason it happens is we don't build systems. We don't build systems that carry on this boss we want to be. We, we, what we did in, in our company is everything we called our culture camel culture. So the first thing we did is we gave our culture a name, something to, to say, here's what our culture is going to be like. And then when, we, when I would read a book or see a speaker or be inspired by something and we create a program right, that would, that would support us, one of the programs is that we send uh, uh, gift cards to the kids of our people so that the family knows how much we appreciate them. One of our programs is that we allow all of our people to recognize each other for good things done. So it's a recognition program. They get a card. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing that. They go in their cubes. There's a whole program around that. We pay people to read so that they develop the habit of reading. We, um, uh, we, we, um, it, it, uh, it, at, uh, at our huddles, at our stand up, at our all team, all staff meetings, we cheer for folks uh, and, and, and literally give them rounds of applause uh, for the things they've done over the past 30 days to make themselves and their teams better. But every one of these programs have a champion, someone other than me, and every one of them has a different champion, right? Not one person who's overloaded by all this. Every one of those programs has a champion, someone to make sure that program is working. That champion has a checklist that's six, 12, or 18 things they do to make that program work every day, every week, every month, depending on the rhythm they have. Uh, and then this is the most important thing where you were going, they have permission to get it wrong on their way to getting it right. Like they have to figure that out. They're going to stumble. They're going to fall. We as leaders always excuse ourselves for stumbles and falls. Like we will figure it out. We, we will make a mistake, but it's okay. Cause I made the mistake. We really develop as leaders when we give others permission to do the same. Your, our team knew would, would eventually figure it out the minute I stopped helping them. And the minute I stopped helping them and trusted them to figure it out, then progress began. And so champion, checklist, permission to fail, and then time, right? Give mm. your programs time. We, wanna, we, want, we want things to happen in nine minutes, nine hours, nine days. Things take nine months. We, we, mm. we would put a program in, we would work ourselves or try to discipline ourselves to put a program in place every three months, which mm -hmm. is four a year. We knew that even then one of them would, would eventually fail. But over a course of three to five years, we now have, you know, 12 to 15 working programs in our company mm. that are ongoing, that have a champion, have a checklist. They've been perfected. And, and when stress goes up, the programs mm. still work. What doesn't work is that I read books and listen to speakers and inspired. I come back. I try to implement everything. I say it's so important that I'm going to do it, and I never do. Better Book Club 
is an incredibly easy program to administer in your company, but I know it's going to fail when a leader says, I'm going to implement it. If a leader says I'm going to implement it, it will not work. When a leader says I have a champion selected for this program and they're going to implement it, the lower that champion is on the org chart, the more successful I know the program will be. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so funny you mentioned those things because, and in the nine months, you know, the one I was told is, is it's like birthing a baby. It takes nine months for a baby to, <laughs> to be born. And yeah. it's, and it's, it's almost like that human nature, but there's a thing around culture with people as well. You, after nine months, you'll see a true person's character. Um, quite often we think it's going to come out in the first week when we interview them or meet them, but it, it often takes a little bit longer than that. And so I wanted to talk around the recruitment side of things as well, because obviously that's important. It's a, it's great to have a culture, but if you've got the right wrong people coming into your culture that aren't maybe trustworthy, aren't transparent, and don't have the values that you share, that's going to create a little bit of a problem. But what was the, the hardest thing for you? Because, you know, working a certain way for 10 years and having these habits and this mindset, and then now you've changed, you've gone, okay, so someone's sitting there, they're like, you know what, Arnie's so right. I believe what he's saying, and I'm going to try it. I'm going to you know, implement the checklist. I'm going to find someone to do it. I'm going to give them permission to fail. But we we have bad days, Arnie. It, yeah, it yeah. happens. And and when you maybe the, the rest of the team telling you, hey, listen, I think we're making a mistake here, as they do. Um, how do you check in? How did you check in with yourself to to follow this through? What were the things you had to say to yourself? Well, no, again, great question. I could go on in a lot of different directions, but here's what I'm gonna. Here's what we did. I'm gonna tell you what we did, and hopefully, you find a way to people find a way to to figure out how they can make this work. Is yeah. we are we are often good at creating paths for information to flow down. Right. This is my vision. These are our core yeah. values. These are the things I want to get done. These are our most important clients. This is what's important to me. And we shout them out from whatever megaphone we have. And we use our system, whether, we're, whether there were six people or 600 people, we have a system for pushing that information down, right? Delivering that, 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 that announcement, if you will. But, but what we grew from is creating a system that pulled information up, that allowed our team on a regular and routine basis, we call it to, to give us feedback on how we were operating as a company, how we made them feel as human beings. And so every month, every month, we would ask our entire team, 225 people, on a scale from one to 10, with 10 being the best place you can imagine working and one being the worst, how do we rate right now and why, right? Give me a number, one through 10, mm. and tell me why. Mm. We would take the aggregate of all those scores and we would post them on the wall where everyone could see them right in today's world it would it would be emailed them back out to everyone so that everyone can see what the average is what it was last month last quarter last year as far back as we can go and what it is mm -hmm. today and we take every comment we sit around the room for an hour with with a team and we respond mm -hmm. to every comment it doesn't matter what do they say and we and then we publish that and you go mm -hmm. arnie that's loot that's crazy why would you do that we did that mm -hmm. to hold ourselves accountable to create mm -hmm. the culture that people wanted to be in you know you you said culture and people which comes first right chicken and the egg which is cut which is first and i believe it's a combination of both that you certainly uh need the right people to create the right culture but you have mm -hmm. to have the right culture to attract the right people. And so we wore our culture on our walls of our business uh, through our, uh, uh, our website and social media. Everything we did put our culture out there so that it attracted people that liked it and it, and it, and it sent away people that couldn't stand it. You know, some people, they don't like the raw rob. They don't like the accountability. They don't like the transparency. They just want to hide in their cube. They're not going to feel comfortable in our organization. But those that have, that have experienced that and want a new world, they are then attracted to the culture that we are projecting and it helps us attract them. And so two, two things. One, we have to pull information up so that we can be held, we as leaders can be held accountable to the culture we're creating and, and devising every day. And two, we have to put it, our culture out there so that it attracts the people that, that, mm -hmm. best, that best fit in our culture. And no mm -hmm. matter how you slice it, three words, 
culture reflects leadership. And I'm and I hate saying this to entrepreneurs all over the globe, but if you don't have the culture you want, I hate to break it to you, man, but you're the leader. You so are the brilliant. Leader. Yeah, take some accountability. Leadership. You got to stop. And it's painful, man. It is so painful to say it's me, but it's you, right? Yeah. And I hope you have the culture you want. But if you don't, don't blame your people. Don't blame your clients. Don't blame the economy. Don't blame. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, what can I do to create a workplace mm. that even I enjoy? Which For is sure. what I did. For sure. And and I suppose, um, you know, um, Tony Shea and, and Zappos, he, 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 you know, um, delivering happiness, he, 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 he canceled his one company, he exited to create the culture that he wanted. And he, I suppose he, by, in a way, he recognized that he designed the problems that led to the, the failed culture, right? Uh, but, I mean... There's, there's, a, there's a lot of wisdom in what you're saying. And so for some people who haven't maybe tried the things that you're suggesting, and I know in the book you talk around it, and so we have done that bottom-up approach, and I can tell you now we failed at it. And we failed for the very reason you said we didn't have the stomach for it. And so some of the things you're talking around, and it's not that we're not going to try it again because we will, but when we tried it, we failed. And I know why we failed. One of the reasons we failed is – because we did it individually. In other words, as directors, we read it with our HR lady. We didn't necessarily respond. We took it personally. So yeah, some of the comments yeah. were things like this, my brother surfs, and 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 so and I do, and, and we enjoy the outdoor. That's part of the culture we want to create, to be honest. Yeah. And it was like, well, we're not interested in your, your surfing. And then I, I do triathlons to stay fit, inspire people, and they're like, we're not interested in your triathlons. We don't yeah, care yeah, yeah. about your triathlons. We don't care about your sport. And yeah. well, we took it so personal. We're like, but we're trying to create this great, this great place to work. I, I feel one of the reasons we had a great HR lady who was with us, and I, and I feel that one of the reasons she left is because of that, because she she took it so personally, this yeah. critical feedback. Yeah. Um, so you've got to have a stomach and know that you're going to be – I can laugh about it now, but at the time it was well, it was tough, man. It well, was tough I'm, for the ego. I'm so glad you, you bring that up because what I, what I didn't say in my, in my rant, in my, in my preaching – is that the, the thing we had to learn is never read the comments alone because Don't they, do they, it. They, they make you so angry. So we would gather a team in a room where we had to put our, our, our big, big boy pants on, our big boy face. Different hat, boy, maybe a different hat. hat or whatever. Yeah, and say, what are they trying to tell us? Not, yeah. not, not what are they trying to tell me? What are they yeah. trying to tell us? And the other thing, Ralph, that we had to do is we had to bring people from the front line into that room because sometimes comments to management yeah. sounded yeah. like what we didn't understand what they were saying but yeah. when we pulled some when we pulled some intake specialists off the floor when we pulled yeah. our frontline people our receptionists into the room and we said what yeah. do they mean by that what are they trying to say clarity yeah. this is what yeah. they're trying to say and then we can decide what we're going to do about it and sometimes the answer is Thank you for your comment. And sometimes the answer is, you're You're right. We didn't communicate that well. We're overemphasizing that. Like we had to take responsibility for what they were upset about. Now, here's the other part. The, a lot of times, the the pessimist in us will say, "Well, one person's saying it, and everyone thinks that." But we found the opposite to be true. That that crazy negative comments would get squashed in the company. Because they would hear other people talking about, no, they they would say no one agrees with that, like no one mm. agrees with that, like you're the you're, the, mm. and so the outliers who make these strange comments would drift away. They would just drift mm. away, and so that yeah. was again attract who you want to attract, repel who you want to repel. We found mm. it to be the this is we did it for eight years, com, month after month, year after year. Measure you must have been tough, man. You look. Pain. One time, one time we um, someone mentioned. Uh, I, I think I can say toilet paper. We needed. Be we were using commercial grade toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. They wanted. They said, "Look, come on, fair man. enough." Y'all work. <laughs> it went for me too. So we we did Charmin. Like we started buying Charmin, the best of the best. Put it in every month. Spent the money on it. The next yeah. week, someone clogged our entire toilet system with Charmin <laughs> to show us that, that like they couldn't be bought. Right. 
And we just we just have to we just have to persevere through that. Keep doing the right things. Keep listening. Keep responding with with your with with um your with the way that drives the company forward and not your anger. We we're we're not going to give them something to cry about. We're going to lead them forward. And as entrepreneurs, what this information tells us you you said uh, how do we uh, how do we keep hold ourselves accountable. Is I use this method to hold myself accountable and our leadership team accountable for what we needed to do next. Great stuff. Um, so n- another thing that I think I want to touch on a little bit is, uh, um, you know, just that f- getting a champion. And so um, we also implemented the fish philosophy. And so it was one of those things, read the book, got the team together. Again, the HR manager sort of helped me. And we got some four people to deliver, and they, and they presented it. And it was one of those moments. It was a, it was probably a first realization when I read the book and we implemented it. It was like, is this stuff really real? And then because most times when I look at like, how can we support people or make things fun? And you read the book and you got all these ideas in your head. And I had all the ideas, all the conceptions of what I would do and how I would do it. And then I, I, we went off site and we had a presentation. I had tears in my eyes because I realized that they'd beaten me hands down and any idea I had thought they could do, they had did yeah. it better. So it wasn't that we couldn't implement fish. It was amazing. And probably for two years, it was like this amazing thing and people read the book. And, and then suddenly, I must have been, if I think now, it must have been when the HR lady left. Suddenly, the champion's gone and it fell away. And reading your book, it was almost like, hmm, um, right. These are things that you, you almost have that checklist the right person giving them permission to fail. These are things that are real, man. This is this is how entrepreneurs and business people are struggling because we we we're often implementing stuff, but we don't have a system to make sure it's sustainable. That's right. If, and if it's not sustainable, you you've you've done everyone a disservice. The three things people get wrong the most is they try to they they land stuff too high on the org chart. They give they give what they perceive as important programs to someone who's the head of HR, and they. The head of HR is like the head of anything. The, the programs are going to slide to the edge of the desk and then off the desk. We found success in giving programs as low on the org chart as possible. People who wanted to prove themselves, people who wanted to, to a chance to, to, to contribute to the success of the organization. And by spreading 16 programs to 16 different people, guess what? Mm-hmm. Those 16 people help each other way more than you can imagine, right? As they as they work to make these programs successful, and so you get more participation from the bottom up. It it ceases being a top down thing and starts being a bottom up thing. And so, a a champion as low on the org chart as possible, a checklist because those people will turn over, right? They're going to grow, and you're going to cheer for them to grow in or out of your organization. But those programs will need to be handed off, and so will that checklist, right? It needs to be handed off. And then again, permission to fail. A new person that takes it over has permission to make it different, right? As long yeah. as they keep hitting the KPIs that you've set out for, right? How many, yeah. how many of these things have you sent? How many recognitions have there been? How many, how many times are we on schedule with this program? Like there's so many ways to just measure performance through KPIs, but push that down, make sure they have it like, like part of their check-in, whether you're doing it monthly, weekly, monthly, quarterly, or annually, for God's sakes, ask to see the checklist, right? Because you want to make sure that the checklist is not something that got filed away, but it's something that's being actively updated. Cool. So checklists, accountability, try and go deeper down, not the higher level. They're busy anyway. They're busy enough. And, you know, they've proved themselves to some degree. Um, so I mean, look, there's a couple of other things I want to talk about because obviously recruitment's really big, like getting the right people, the process you used. Um. I, I, I want to talk around, um, is it Pow? No, Ro. Say it again. Um, um, how, how you measure performance. You don't measure on time. You measure on getting the job done. Oh, yeah, Ro. Ro, yeah. Ro. Results, results only work environment, right? This Now, COVID has launched everyone into a different world than, than we were in when I wrote the book, but we were practicing remote workforce and, and I don't care where, I don't care where you work and I don't care when you work. I just care about your work. Right. And this was, this was in, in 
you know, 15, 16, 17, this is, you know, far before COVID. And so the world has sort of come around to seeing the same thing. We, we're so desperate for great talent that we're more willing to let people do what they want, when they want, as long as they get the work done. Um, yeah. But we, but to do that, you have to have a, you have to under, you have to take the time to define what work is. Like so a lot of times we throw people into a position. We go, here's your computer. Here's your desk. Here's the people around you work. What does that mean? Yeah. And so when you when you turn to row, when you turn to results only work environment, then then now we have to define what success looks like, right? That that we're gonna you're gonna produce this many items or widgets or thoughts or words on a page or blogs in a day or something that that you have figured out what success looks like for this position. You find agreement with your team member. That team, then collectively, you see what success looks like for the team, and you let them move forward, right? And then you measure against that as opposed to where, where you are or when you were there. For sure. And that's a hard thing, right? That's a process in itself because to do that, like I'd imagine you're using like OKRs or KPIs, like a, a dual sort of process, no doubt. So, yeah. I mean, you, you've, got, you've got row, you've got the recruitment, um, you've got the, you know, profit share that you yeah. looked at, the awards, the recognition, there's programs about bring your dog to work or bring your child to work. And, and I mean, all, all these cool things. I mean, you, it, there were so many inspiring concepts that you brought. And I suppose, I, I, you know, and just listening to the first point, which is it takes nine months, don't do too much. What is your, like, first year doing this what are you recommending that people start with you said the first one is the feedback form with that is, is that the first one you'd start no, with no don't no. start there because it's too no. hard don't Great. start there i thought i, ho start. I was hoping you're going to say that start easy yeah. right go for a small no, win it, quick win it's so it's so yeah find find some some quick like like use the book to generate ideas or any book to generate ideas but the yeah. more you take on, the less you'll you'll accomplish, right? And so you we have got to first look in the mirror, understand culture reflects leadership, how we how we talk to people, where we park, how we interact. Like start with having lunch with your people. Start with showing up and 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 just having conversations about them and their families and their fears and their start caring about your people so that they'll care about you. Like I know that you go, Arnie, sure, I don't have time for that. You don't have time not to. Like you, <laughs> if the less time you have for it, the more you need to do this because it means that you're working too hard and they're not working hard enough. Like you've got to offload the, the, the burden of your business to your team. And the way yeah. to do that is to improve your team. The way to improve your team is to care about them. So they'll care about you. They will not care about you until they believe yeah. you care about them and, and yeah. where you park can make a difference, how you treat them, how, how they, how they hear you talking to others, how you treat the weights to like first become a better person. <laughs> like that's a, that's a great start or do your best. No assholes here. What, what about yeah. that one? Like no, no assholes. assholes. No, no assholes here. Huh? Yeah, like you right. want nice people to work with. We want like, we want to work with your mates, your friends, your, your, you know, show up like you actually want to be here. No one wants to work for an asshole. Like it's a, you're, you're not a sitcom <laughs> on TV. That, so don't. It's so an underrated. Asshole. It's so there. underrated, yeah. right? That's so underrated because we can say we're having a bad day, we're under pressure, but that's even more important. Um, and the, the more power you have, the more permission you think you have to be an asshole. But it's the opposite, right? And and so just start there. Start with the go find. 10 of the smallest little changes you can make in your, in your life and, and how you treat people start there. No, Susan Scott says in her book, she uses the phrase gradually. And then all, and then all of a sudden gradually, I think the book is crucial. Is it crucial conversations? Uh, Susan Scott. Yeah. Gradually. And then all of a sudden, gradually. And then all of a sudden, so it's going to go so slow for so long, but yeah. you're going to look back, you're going to be in your boat and you're going to be rowing. You're going to yeah. be rowing and you're going to be dropping a buoy every three months. You're going to be dropping a buoy into the water for a program and you're going to go, you're going to just keep rowing. You're going to hear in three years, you're going to say, I've done nothing, but you're going to turn around and you're going to see nine buoys still floating in the water, right? Sure. Still doing the things that in a past life would have never been still on, online because you would have, they would have worked their way off your desk and never been done. 
but they'll be happening and you'll have progress. Name your culture. Put the things you do in your, that for your business to improve your business, to improve your people into that culture. Give them a, a name, give them a checklist, give them a champion and watch them float, right? You keep mm-hmm. rowing the boat and watch them float. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a couple of things that um, we've done recently is with COVID. I think that we were like the work from home and remote. We, we actually all in the office, to be honest with you. But one of the things we realized is that our computers are our biggest tool. And traditionally, we're on like the Dell and, you know, they're great computers. But what I saw is it didn't have that same thing. I actually use Mac. I don't need a Mac, but I use a Mac. And so I decided to gradually buy everybody a Mac in the organization. It made a big impact. So we just started with the leaders and then we sort of grew, grew through. And I think we're like one or two people away from everybody having a Mac out of 50 people. So it's it's really cool. I think another thing that we did is um, at our, our weekly meetings, it was always, I could finish late. Like everybody leaves at 4.30 and it would always finish at 4.30. It was like 3 to 4.30. And then a bit of a hassle because people have to get home. So it was almost like we weren't respecting them. So we've moved it to lunch. And then, and then, like, bring your lunch. And then we realized our lunch was better than theirs. And so we bought everybody lunch, the same lunch. Big, big change, right? So it's like, like you're saying, it's small, That's small right. things you can do. And it's just thinking. And I did get a backlash, right? <laughs> because it's like, why are we doing this? Well, yeah, well, well <laughs> even those programmers, Ralph, they, 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 even those things, like someone has a checklist to make sure no one's computer is older than three years old. Like there's a, there's a checklist for that. Like we have a system to make sure that no one's computer is older than whatever you want it to be. All right. Yeah. Or a certain expiration date. There's a, yeah. there's a, someone's had got to organize those lunches. Like there's energy yeah. to be spent there. Someone's got to make sure that everyone's got the, a proper lunch or the, so Every one of these things that you want to happen on a regular basis or to, on a continuous cycle, champion checklist, champion checklist. Otherwise, you've thrown it to your IT guy. You've thrown it to your HR person. As their lives fill up, they'll become assholes and stop doing it, just like you become an asshole and stop doing things. So you've got to push these things down so they actually keep going. For sure. I suppose one of the other things that I, I want to talk around is this weekly daily meeting, daily yeah. gathering. Like, the so huddle. we do it, uh, yeah. the huddle. So we, we've been doing it for probably three or four years. And maybe the week, oh, maybe not. Maybe the first thing I implemented when I read your book is we used to do it. We didn't bring the managers together. We only brought them together on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And this week we brought all the managers together straight after the huddle. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, look, the huddle is is it it seems asinine when you don't have huddles to have huddles, but once you have huddles, it seems asinine not to have huddles, right? It's this daily check in to say, here's what I'm working on, here's where I'm stuck, here's how you can help me, here's a common story of the day, here's someone that's doing well. Now go get it now. Everyone goes, oh, my God, that sounds like an hour. It's seven minutes, right? Or you you pick, it's five minutes, it's eight minutes. It's a chance to check in. And so many folks now are doing it via via electronic methods now. Um, so it's your choice. Hybrid. I love doing it. I love doing yeah. it in person, right? I love getting people together. Uh, and then what people, what it trains people's brains to do is to is to hold questions, answers, problems till the next day to the huddle. And so instead of it being an interruption, it's a it's a planned interaction where stuff gets done, right? It's a chance to to say here's here's we're recognizing someone. This, hey, Susan just finished this book. I'm so proud of her. She just got paid a hundred dollars to read the book. Uh, Billy just did this. Uh, Don just you know satisfied the client. We want to thank him. Okay, where are we stuck? Anybody stuck? Who needs who? We're all in the room together. Who needs who? Don't solve the problem there. Just express the issue so that you can plan to solve the problem. And so we, we just found that when we huddled and we would huddle up the organization, so our teams would meet as yeah. a team and then the managers would come meet as managers and then the top leadership team would then say, okay, what are our big things? And then we, if there was any communication that needed to flow back down, we just sent an email to say, hey, here's the thought of the day. Here's the priority of the day. Uh, remember, these are the clients coming in, you know, things like that. So we sort of drifted it back down so everyone can kind of see what the result of the, of the three huddles were. So we had... We had three series of huddles 
Each one was about 10 minutes. So it took 30 minutes total, but no one was in more than two huddles. And most people were just in one huddle. For sure. I think we've got that sort of coming down now. So, I mean, I know that you'll now focus on the Better Book Club. Yes. Um, And I wanted to speak about that because I think you put a lot of emphasis in terms of the greatest impact that you've seen out of all these programs, both for the individual. And this is what it's about, right? It's about people got to win as well. It's a win-win. So the the organization, and I saw there on the website, you've got, is, is it by choice? You've got the guy who's reading from good to great because it's, it's one of the best books. And, yeah. and, and I think it's about like getting disciplined people, getting the right people. But, but I think it's also about an organization is only going to grow to the level that you grow your leadership and your team. Yeah. And so, like I think you mentioned, we do conferences. And so that it gives some sort of exposure to people. But wow, isn't it amazing if they can also learn themselves? Did you find that? Could you could, could you articulate or could you demonstrate the impact from that being greater than anything else? Yeah. Well, Better Book Club is my passion right now. I've sold my previous companies and this is how I want my, this is my legacy because I, because I know the power of, of not just a book and especially not a book, but the power of the habit of reading and what my, you know, what the biggest thing we can give our, our, anyone in our lives is to help them develop this habit of reading because you know, and everyone listening to this knows it will change your life forever. And it just takes one concept, one thought process, one ability. Uh, and that's what we want for our people. And as you grow your people, you grow your business. But here, look, everyone, everybody, in, this is great myth in business that, that bosses think that if they read a book, that they need their entire team to read the book. So they go buy 20 or 30 or however many copies they need and they pass them out and they say, everyone read this book. We're going to come back next month and talk about it. And Ralph, all that creates is, is problems, right? It never, it's a huge myth. People think it works. It doesn't work. A third of the people read it because they'll do anything you say. A third of the people won't because they're not going to do anything you say. And a third of the people <laughs> will skim the book and they'll all come together and resent each other. You'll talk for an hour and everyone just wants it to end. Now, I know yeah. we want to believe otherwise. We want to believe that culture doesn't reflect leadership, that it's there, but not us. Everyone wants to believe that if I buy 20 copies of the book, everybody will read it and we'll be geniuses. But it doesn't work. Find me a, 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 find me a success story where that consistently happens, and I'm all ears. But I haven't found one. Here's what worked for us. We pay people to read whatever book they want that makes them a better Do you want to repeat that? Do you want to repeat that? We pay people to read whatever book they want that makes them a better person. And we pay them to read it so they'll have a little incentive to do it so they'll keep doing it, right? And we let them earn up to $100 per quarter, $100 US per quarter by reading something. And by reading something, they make themselves a little better. By the way, it, I, we're good with it being a better spouse, a better parent, better with their finances, feel healthier, feel better in their mind. It can be all that. Not to mention marketing and hiring and strategy and and uh, management, leadership. And all, the, all yeah. leadership, all those things. We don't want to limit their. We don't, the only limit is it needs to make you a better person. Otherwise, yeah. forget the actual book and get into the habit. You start growing your people through books, they'll start growing your company. And it it happened to us in the company in both my companies. One of which was uh, mostly hourly based team members, right, who worked by the hour. The other one was was more salary based people who worked with more of their more of their intellect. It worked on both sides. Make your people better; they'll make your team better. Better book club makes your team better by helping them get the habit of reading, which you probably have, and most of your listeners probably have. My question is, how many of your team members have it? Yeah, I, I, and look, let me tell you this. Um, my dad was an entrepreneur and a great salesperson. And I went with him all over England and wherever on his pitches, and I thought I knew a lot about business. But I worked for someone else, and they introduced me to reading. My my older my dad read read a book a day. My older brother, more or less the same. And I hated reading; literally hated it. I'd rather yeah. go out and run or play football. And so when I worked for this guy, he, he gave me a book and it was the one minute manager. And then he gave, then I started reading like um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I had a kid when I was young and I thought, I, saw, I remember distinctly thinking to myself, why this is bullshit. Why aren't people sharing this knowledge? It's so amazing. It was, 
why why are we taught this at school why aren't we sharing this stuff it was like it was like a changed everything for me like you said this is one or two books you read and now i i, I read and the, the chimes that i don't read so when i had some success you, you sort of move off it and then actually it's a delayed problem that you realize you're not as inspired you're not as relevant and so you know i i truly believe that and i have a young 15 year old doesn't like reading much like i do he wants to do everything else tiktok and you name it yeah. and so i actually applied the better book rule on him and i said to him i'll pay you to read and uh, yeah he's entrepreneurial minded he's he's one of those people who who you can never say he, he doesn't hear no well, just like you had it, just like your experience until you decided it didn't matter. Right. And so all we're trying to do is give them that little, that little extra reason to read so that, that when they do start, the one book becomes two and two books become four. And if, and if everyone thinks, oh, we're going to read a book a month, you ain't going to read a book a month. If you can get your team to read a book a quarter, you are world freaking class. The, the, the truth is, this, even with this program, you, you might get two books per year per team member. Like some will read eight and some will read none, but you might average two. You're still way ahead of your competition. You're still way ahead of your competition. We're just trying to move the needle enough to give you that advantage. Better Book Club is sustainable. It's scalable. And, and we got 200 companies around the globe that says it works. Yeah, and it's affordable. Arnie, it was, uh, I promised we wouldn't be more than an hour, and I want to keep to my word. It was amazing speaking to you. I'm getting you back. I mean, uh, yeah, I, yeah, you're probably like me, but um, we, we, you know, um, it was a really, I've been looking forward to this podcast, and so I'm so grateful for your time. I, I wish we could carry on. I'd love to get you on again. Um, hopefully, we're going to have lots of readers firstly of your book because it is inspiring and there's a lot there keep you busy for a year that book um and you know i'm really grateful for your time and everything so thank you hey, so much ralph thank you for listening to my brand of crazy uh if anyone needs me <laughs> uh, i'm easily found on the interwebs uh happy to talk to you happy to give you some insight uh happy to to, to continue my rant in any of these areas uh hope your audience enjoyed it and i appreciate your time thank you so much